If every day you pick up that ax and you go to that tree and you swing five times with that ax to hit that tree, put the ax down. The next day you go out, pick up the ax, swing five times at the tree. Put the ax down. The next day you go out, pick up the ax, and five more times you swing at that tree. Five times every day you pick up the ax, and only five, not 50, not 15, not 500. Five, if you swing five times a day at that tree with that ax every day, let me ask you a question. What eventually is going to happen to that tree? That tree is going to fall. Now there's no question about that, is there? There's any doubt. You, you don't have to sit around the table and kind of say, do you think it will? Let's hold hands and sing Kumbaya and hope. I'll start it off. Uh, third grade hustle podcast. Welcome uh, to all those that are watching J Fitness Coaching. Um, you can follow him at J Fitness Coaching on Instagram and Facebook, and the Third Grade Hustle, which is uh, ran by me on Instagram and also on uh, Facebook. I put it on my personal page, Jason, uh, because I figured there was more there then that's on to the third grade hustle page right now. And then once they are after they're recorded, I just put them on that page. Okay. Yeah. So. That's, that's what I figured. I was going, I was slipping back and forth between the two and uh, we got it. So let's do this. But uh, so how was your, uh, how was your little uh, vacation you had there? <laughs> vacation. No, it was fun, man. <laughs> it was, <laughs> you know what though? It kind of, it kind of was like a vacation because I got out of my, my, my normal routine. Um, I was still waking up early and still working for most of the day, but different type of work. Um, for those of you who don't know, I was doing a photo shoot and a commercial shoot with Sig Sawyer. Um, if you don't know who they are, they're a weapon manufacturer. And um, pretty much just shooting guns and shooting videos and photos for a week straight out in the middle of nowhere in Wyoming on this ranch. And um, it was fun, man. It was a good time. They got, they got a lot of cool videos. Yeah, I saw you uh, had some uh, pictures and stuff, and I was wondering where like all the uh, Western theme stuff was coming from. I was like, that's not his house. No, um, hell no, man. But uh, but then also, did they tell you like when it's gonna be finished or whatnot? Or um, I have no idea when it'll be finished. I would imagine it would be finished by mid-August because um, most of the weapons we were shooting, um, they're not even released to the um, general public until the end of August. And that's what a lot of the promotional content we were shooting for was for those weapons. So I would imagine they want to get those done before the actual release date of those weapons. Um, I can't, I can't quote on that. I can't promise that, but that's what we're shooting for. Uh, but as soon as I get um, copies of everything, then I would definitely post copies of everything. It was a good time. Nice. It was, it was fun. Man. No, it looked fun too. Cause uh, I saw yeah, you took your woman fun. with you and you, it's nice to get away. I know how hard you work. Um, so it is nice. I, I, I personally, I, I love vacation like anybody else, but um, it just sucks sometimes to get out of the grind because then you get back and you're like, man, I got to get back to, to the grind. So um, either way, uh, this was uh, a live video. I want to uh, make the subject more based around uh, what well, you obviously you saw my post earlier about opportunity co costs. And yes. um, it's kind of it's it's so hit or miss because what I'm going to talk about has so many variables and this isn't like a. Uh, you know, one trick pony or however you want to put it, like a quick get get quick uh, rich scheme thing that I have. It's just that opportunity costs. A lot of people don't even know the phrase and it can be kind of twisted, uh, whether it be uh, emotional cost or time cost or financial costs. Um, but we're going to base it around financial cost and maybe give some examples. Um, and I didn't know how much you were fluent with opportunity costs and how much you think of that in your day to day um decisions and choices i think oh. about it now a lot uh with uh obviously financials and things going on but yeah. and especially being able to side hustle that just changes the game um because basically when you um have other side hustles other than just one income like a, a regular job or whatever which isn't a bad thing a matter of fact um i'm putting myself in a position to get um an active income, I should put it that way. So I can still have some passive income coming in and be able to reinvest. But when I bring up opportunity costs, the, the best example I can say is a lot of people compare, like, let's say renting a home and buying a home. So old, um, I want to put it how old mindset or just culture in general will say that no matter what, you know, renting is just throwing your money out the window. Right. But 
there's a lot of other things to take into consideration in that in that uh, circumstance where old way of thinking doesn't always you know it's it's sometimes it's important to think outside the box um, because not only when you buy a house uh, especially if you're talking from year one to five you think about how much upfront interest um, down payment you know you got homeowners insurance depending on the age of the home how much maintenance you're going to have that way um, so if you think about renting and you think about, let's say, $1,400 a month, I, I know uh, pricing where you're at is a little dif different than here, yeah. but just for, for example, $1,400 a month rent, um, you're basically just paying rent. And, you know, you might have extra fees or something, but let's just leave all bills like your car and stuff out of this because we're just talking about living expenses. Gotcha. Now, $1,400 a month, you know, or even $1,500 or whatever you pay times 12 is going to be that's going to be like, let's say $16,000. It's roughly around that. Whereas if I would go get a $200,000 mortgage, well, if I'm paying 5% down or 10% down or whatever the down payment is, plus closing costs, you know, and then I have that mortgage payment of say it's $1,400 a month with taxes, everything. I'm going to be out of pocket like 16 grand just in the down payment, the closing costs. And then I have another 16 grand that I'm paying throughout the year for that. Whereas you're just paying 16 grand for the rent, if that makes sense. Right. So it depends on your situation and all this is going to be dependent on your situation. But I think opportunity costs can go, you know, emotionally uh, different ways too. Like for instance, you, you train. Um, if you get a certain enjoyment out of training, you might not care spending more time, even not, even if it's not the most bang for your buck, so to speak, because it, it's your most enjoyable thing to do. Um, Absolutely. Different type, so, of, different type of uh, currency, I would say, for sure. Right. And so I think it's important that I bring this up just because I'm getting in a transitional period here where my wife and I are in a, uh, a position where we're going to have more income coming in, but I'm trying to cut bills. I'm trying to cut things back. And I've really been looking into renting actually and and most people would say well why would you want to be throwing your money away and that's what kind of led to opportunity costs and then the more research i did you look at like grant cardone um or you know warren buffett any of these um financial gurus as they call them most of them are at such a, a level that they are leasing cars they're leasing where they live and they do that for a reason for number one they're more mobile mobile you know, most of these guys that are uh, that on that, you know, high tier, they're all over the place. They might be in California one time, but then move to New York City or whatever. Yeah. Um, and that obviously it caters to renting um, or leasing. Um, so you can get out from underneath things easier. Also, on top of that, um, once you hit a certain number, like like you, for instance, when you buy a house, yes, that interest that you pay on that house it can be tax deductible. But let's say you're like a multimillionaire and you're making like, I think it's only up to like $750,000 a year. Well, yes, that's a lot of money, but that's why some of these higher echelon guys, they are leasing and they aren't outright buying because it's cheaper for them in the long run. And, and yeah. it's just important for you to wrap your head around a philosophy that it's not always one-sided. It's not always, you know, cookie cutter because depending on your situation, it might be so much smarter to just get into somewhere and rent for a little bit because um, it's about the money you keep, like we always preach, not about, not necessarily about the money that you're making. Yeah. And um, a lot of times renting actually allows you to keep more money in essence that I can put that into, in my situation, into uh, other side hustles, other businesses, yeah. which is gonna bring a better return back to me rather than holding it up in that one property. So I didn't know if you wanted to kind of throw in some input and maybe some situations that had come up where it wasn't so cookie cutter and you had to really think like, you know, on the outside, it kind of looked like it was such a easy decision. But then the more you dial down the numbers, it was like, well, shoot, I'm actually going to make money going the other way or in make more of, or save or save more money or whatever. In terms of real estate or just in? In general, like I said, there's. There's a lot of different examples on opportunity costs on the internet that you can find, right. you know, for instance, like, let's say that, um, that I can collect 10 bananas in a day or I can collect 10 fish in a day. It sounds very cliche and stupid, yeah. 
but there's an example like that on there on the internet that uh, basically it's you know my cost of one banana is the cost of one fish because I can't do both at the same time and there's some people that can get three fish for one banana and so so you get what I mean so it's not yeah. like I'm just using this cut example but even like training I, I, I'll put it this way your meal prep your meal yes. plans that you do absolutely you you can train you can make money training or you can make money with your meal prep okay yep. so you have to weigh those variables because the time that you're taking to meal prep might take over some of the time that it takes you to train, training. correct? Yeah, so absolutely it does. You, you weigh not only the, the financial standpoint of what's smarter in the long run because you don't want to uh, contradict yourself and kind of like, kind of be doing something that isn't making you as much and taking more time, if that makes sense. And also it plays into your emotional IQ too, or EQ, I should say, because if it, it, it depends on what you enjoy more. You know, if you enjoy training, but you don't make as much, well, it's not a big deal because emotionally you're going to be in a better place. You're going to be living a happier Absolutely. life. So, I would say you know, that, I would say that varies from day to day. Honestly, some days I just don't feel like cooking <laughs> and I would much yeah. rather be in the gym, uh, working with different clients, working one-on-one -on -one with people in interaction. And other days, if I just feel like being left alone, then I'd rather just stay at home and cook and make the same amount, if not more money in less amount of hours. Um, mm -hmm. so it, for me, it varies on a day to day, on a day to day basis, but generally I will definitely sacrifice money. I'll sacrifice the money for being in a better emotional state and, um, time wise, definitely. Right. So, yeah, I agree. And that's what I basically wanted to get at. I mean, kind of pick your brain a little bit more. And, um, because I, I think that you just need to recognize that. And there's more science behind it than just, uh, just thinking it's so cookie cutter. Cause like. I always was like, well, I'm going to own my home because I'm not just going to throw money away, you know, and that's in that case. But then the more I thought about it, I was like, you know what, if I go rent a place and then here's the thing, a lot of times these like when you rent a place too, like they might throw in like it sounds stupid, but like cable Internet or, uh, you know, cable uh, TV or something. I don't know. Like Internet's huge for us right. being entrepreneurs. So if they're if you have a apartment complex that covers that or they have certain amenities like um, let's say they have, a, you know, trails or let's say they have a fitness center and you're really into fitness there's a free weight room right there that and you're you, making you know money I mean? off of their property yeah exactly they're offering, they're so offering you ways of making money essentially it's all situational on what you um really desire and what you, you your situation is but um i feel that it, it definitely I, I don't think that i think the uh meeting the joneses standards anymore it, it needs to be your standards and it doesn't need to be anything that is you know, getting that car, getting that house because of what other people's opinions are. Um, it, it needs to make sense for you and your family because a lot of times it makes sense and you'll look up anything on Google and it'll say the exact opposite. And I've been down that path before. Um, and I'm happy that I did it the way I did it because there, I was in a more stable state when I owned my home before, but now with the flexibility of these different side hustles, it's one of the things that's like, I might want that mobility because who knows the day that I'm just going to say, you know what, I'm, we're picking up and we're moving to the beach or whatever. And uh, I want that mobility now and that option because, um, because that's available to me. Um, well, that, that speaks to what we, we often talk about on, on previous podcasts about having an end goal in mind. If you don't have an end goal in mind, then you, you're kind of just just floating just floating freely in the air you know what i mean if if your end goal is to own a house in let's say california then you may have to rent for x amount of years until you can get the house in california instead of just buying a house wherever you live just because someone said it's smarter to buy a house than it is to rent you know maybe you mm -hmm. need to rent for you know x amount of years until you can reach that end goal so if you i think it all start with with having a goal and obviously everybody's goal is going to be different um so yeah, the cookie cutter thing, it just, it's not always black and white. Um, I, I tend to look at a lot of things in black and white, but, but I'm being more open-minded to believe that uh, that gray area is quite beneficial if you know what to look for in it, so. Yeah, and, and honestly, I think if you take the time to actually run the numbers for your uh, situation, uh, that's gonna be the best bet, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you, it, I can't tell you what your situation is, I can't run your numbers for you, but I will say this, like uh, when you own a home, most people think that if you hold that, and, and this all pertains to financing, by the way, 
getting around financing is the best bet in any situation. So what's up, Troy? What up, but Troy? getting around what's financing, cool, <laughs> what's getting around uh, financing is the best in any situation. So I'm, I'm mainly talking about financing. Like let, let's say a typical 30 year mortgage. Do people right. even realize what they paid at taxes and interest over the 30 years um, for that house? Then when they, when they pay it off finally and they call it payoff and they own that house outright, let's say they'll go back to my $200,000 example, right? Yeah. If you have certain amount of taxes, insurance, all these things, and you ride that out 30 years, yes, that $200,000 house is yours, or you own it, right? You're still paying taxes on it regardless if you have a mortgage or not. But let's say you sell it and it does double and you get 400 or even 500,000 for it. I've ran numbers on those on that same exact situation and you really don't make anything because the interest you paid and the taxes you paid over the course of that and the interest you paid or I'm sorry, insurance you paid on the course of that that life uh, span of that loan actually comes out to like $500,000. So you just so get like, your money back. <laughs> yes, you might just put it away um, and you get your money back. And that's what I'm trying to say like People need to run their numbers and actually see what happens. You know, am I going to say, uh, and this is where you live too. Like I'm saying, I, I, I'm not with Colorado and whatnot, but I'm saying this is for a primary right. residence, like where you're living. If you obviously are buying real estate for an investment purpose, then it's always going to be a good deal, especially if somebody else is paying the mortgage. That's, that's not money coming out of your pocket. But let me, uh, I can't preach hard enough that wherever you live, whether you pay rent or a mortgage, it's not an investment because it's taking, and it's not an asset because it's taking money out of your pocket. So the only way that it becomes an asset is if you can actually, (laughs) it is, it is, it is a real estate tax rate. It is a real estate tax return, but you also have to think about the opportunity cost that you lose that that money's wrapped up in that one property that you could have taken it. And, and and like I said, this is all situational. If you're, if you're driven and you're ambitious and you have other means to make, you know, other businesses to sink this into, to have a better return than just worrying about the, the uh, tax benefits of owning real estate. Then I think, like I said, it's very situational and it depends on, it depends on where you live. Sometimes, you know, renting is cheaper or more expensive to pay a mortgage for the same equal three bedroom, two bath or whatever you want to call it. Um, so anyways, how is it in Colorado? I know you said you, you're basically not touching nothing for, you know, 300,000 to buy, but how is the rent prices as opposed like three bedroom, two bath, as opposed to three bedroom, two bath to buy to rent? Uh, a three bedroom, a three, a three bedroom rental, um, for like an apartment, things of that nature. Um, I, I would say you're going to spend, you're going to spend at least 22, 23 to rent. We have mm-hmm. a, we have a two bedroom. Hell, we had a one bedroom and it was damn near two. It was damn near 2000 for a one bedroom, but it's also location. It's also location too. So we live in right. an area called Cherry Creek and it tends to be a lot higher than it is, you know, five miles down the street. It's a lot lower. You know, so it just depends on on where you're going. But generally speaking, if you're buying a house out here, unless you have 350 to 400, you're really not going to get anything worth my personal opinion, anything worth investing your money into. um, Unless, again, you're going to buy as an investment property, and you're just going to rent it out in the future. Um, But as far as raising a family in it, it's going to be too small. It's just it's going to be old. It's it's just not going to be what you want long term. You know, that goes back to speaking about the goals. So. Yeah, and you and you're tying your money up. You get what I mean. So absolutely, that, there's there's always that aspect because you're gonna have down payment and all those things into it from from out the gate. And we're talking about the short term, and also, you know, you fig you figure in, um, with renting, you well more than likely uh, it's more predictable because you if you have two thousand dollars for a rent payment, then you know you you're able to budget a lot easier. Um, then let's say your roof needs fixed or things of that nature right. come up, you know, with a house. So you always have to take in maintenance costs. So there's a lot of other variables and this isn't some, this isn't me telling anybody to choose one side or the other in any circumstance. It's more just to be aware and just right. to kind of put that phrase of opportunity costs in your, in your head and think, like I said, it's about the money you keep, not necessarily the money you make or you know in other words to save money 
and think about it as not necessarily as a rainy day fund, but think of it as a, an investment fund for when I get, when I find a new side hustle, if there's a, a stock that you really believe in, you know, maybe you get on this whole cannabis kick and you want to throw all that money. Like it's whatever you study and you, and you, uh, and you research, but yeah, I definitely think that with technology, especially in the information age, there's no reason to stay so cookie cutter and old school. Um, I think I think you need to start thinking outside the box a little bit. And um, some situations I think that come up where you're you're stuck to go one way or the other isn't always going to cripple you. You know, you're not always you know owning a house not till you're 40 or 50 years old, but you pay for it outright because you don't have to finance it. That's a whole different ball game. Oh, for sure, absolutely. But I, I really like what you you were speaking about before about. Um, Damn it! Now I forgot. You should, about you the budget, the budgeting about how. Oh, yeah, about the, about the budgeting. You know, like you were saying, if your rent is two two thousand a month, you know it's going to be two thousand a month, right? But if you have a mortgage that's eighteen, and then you have HOA, then you got trash, and you got all these other things, and then you have unexpected things. The money you spend on unexpected things, like let's say that roof collapses or whatever, that's money you could have been putting into a business if you were renting. Um, right. But it, it goes back to that mindset of, are you just going to be an employee living in an apartment or are you an entrepreneur trying to build stuff? You know what I mean? I think it's different if, if you're just, if you're an entrepreneur trying to build different businesses and you're trying to create a brand and you're, you, you're investing money into yourself business wise, then it's, mm -hmm. it might be smarter just to rent just so you can budget out your money. But if you're just an employee and you're just and you're just okay with that, then I don't see what the problem with buying a house is. Right. Um, right. Because, and again, it goes back to what we were saying at the beginning. It's your goals. If your goals are different, and being mobile also, especially with being an entrepreneur, if you want to get up and move to LA for business, it's better business there. It's easier to do that, you know, mm -hmm. by, by canceling a lease than it is to okay, I got to find somebody to buy my house. You know, then you're going to move to LA and end up renting anyway. Because you're not just right. going to move to L.A. and buy a house, you know, so yeah. you end up renting anyway. So I think it goes back to having that long-term goal and actually knowing what you want before you, you make that big financial decision. Um, that, that's just and what that, I would And that's exactly money. right. That's yeah. And there might be people out there that says, look, look, man, I got a career job. Like, I went to school for this. This is what I want to do. I was meant for this. I have a whole family, two kids, whatever, wife. And we want to we want to guarantee that that place is going to be our place. I get it. I get yeah, it. Go for um, that. Go get it. Right. And uh, and and work on paying that off. Um, but I would also say that you have to also take into consideration what is the what is the best way to be able to still help you in that situation. Just just because you want to be settled down, you can be. But then find other ways to side hustle and things that you paid off faster and stuff because it's never it's never smart to keep paying the man if that makes sense. So um, <laughs> no, that's that's hustling backwards. That's, yeah, that's yeah. I mean, I'm I'm more and more like if it's basically not a car, well, even a car anymore. But house house is very hard to say because not everybody just has like you know 300k or higher or what low or whatever like 200k. To just throw down on a house but um anything short of that like a car and even if you ha if you can't do a car it's not the end of the world but any time that you can get away from financing is just going to be a better like we talked about remember we talked about this on the other one about compound in interest and and that's oh, basically yeah. just the banks banks using it against you when yeah, you find they're just things. making they're just making money off of you that's what they don't want you to pay it off they want you to to build it up so they keep making right. interest money interest money interest money oh man Houses are kind of the same, but you know it is what it is. What? Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. And here's another. Here, well, another I'll, another I'll good another good example of why someone might choose to get a house too is if you do have trouble saving, if you do have trouble putting money in the right spots, and you just it, because it can be that safety net for somebody, um, because obviously being an entrepreneur you know, researching and doing your own due diligence on certain investments, they can go south, they can be risky. So I'm never going to tell somebody like, no, don't take don't you know, save the down payment, rent somewhere and use it to do a business. Well, if that business fails there, you lost your money anyway. You lost your, lost your money and you lost right. your house. So, <laughs> so it, it comes, yeah. it, take, it comes with a grain of salt, but um, it's more like I said, to just make it aware that there's such thing as opportunity costs because just because you have um, 
I'll put it this way, just because or any way that you can save money or keep more money in your pocket, in your bank account, if you use it correctly, use it smart or, you know, it can, it can benefit you long term if you trust yourself to make a better return with it. Absolutely. Um, And, and, and there's always, I mean, what if you buy a house and the market crashes? Now you just lost 50,000, 100,000 in equity overnight. You know, there's always going to be those. And then I'm so, going to use or could have used for a business you no longer have. So Right. And we just said that that would happen the other way. If you did, took the down payment, yeah. you know, it could happen the other way as well. So, like I said, I, I keep, I can't case, preach. It's a case right. by case scenario is really what it is. And I think I've said it enough times today, but I think it ultimately goes back to having that end goal. If you don't mm-hmm. have that end goal, then you're kind of just winging it. Like even, even like a, a sloppy plan is really just winging it. Let's just say you decide, okay, I'm up and buy a house. That's cool, but what were you planning on doing financially in the next 10, 15 years? Because right. that money you spent on on getting that house money together, you could have spent on on building up that business so that you could have different options of buying homes instead of scavenging mm-hmm. a bunch of money to buy a home. You know, so you have to have that that end plan in mind. Um, I think everything is going to start with having that end plan. Um, so know, personally, for me. Um, my personal opinion where i'm at i'll put it this way when i was um and this is where i kind of have some experience and this is my market here in lancaster pa but when i was owning my house i was working an income that i was making at least eighty thousand dollars a year i had a co-worker of mine that was making eighty thousand dollars a year and um and we were going to put another guy on the loan that was making enough because there was like a in York County, which is right beside here, there was like a, a block of like four to four to eight apartments or whatever it was. I, it was like two or three years ago. And I had 700 credit score, 80 grand a year. My coworker made the same thing as me. And we had another guy we we're going to bring on as well. Yeah. Do you know that we went through a private institution who still didn't approve us for these investment properties and they were actually asking me to go back to my wife's jewelry box and get values on her wedding, you know, engagement ring, all these other things with that kind of income, you know, we might've had combined, let's say it was two to 300,000 income, you know, an income a year showing and great credit scores all around. And that's what it took to get traditional financing. Now I know that you could go into a whole new, another podcast about ways to finance creatively too. But my point of saying that is um, I would rather rent now that I've learned that in my market and I'd rather use my mortgage on the books as an investment property that either they're paying it completely and I break even or it brings me a little money in my pocket because to do it the flip side, it was so, and then I end up, I got a single family house with the one, one of the guys. Um, but it was like we got approved for like sixty thousand, and, and we needed like a hundred eighty thousand. It wasn't even that much, but we needed yeah. like a hundred eighty thousand for that block of apartments. But we ended up settling for just a single family home for like sixty grand, and got a great deal on it. And then and then we actually found a bank that financed it for us. But we had to go through all that hurt those hurdles. Where now I'm like, man, if I would have just been renting an apartment, I could have used my mortgage on the books, quote unquote, yeah. to help with debt to income for an investment property rather than doing that for the one that I was actually living in. And that, and, and that's how, where, how long would you have, would have had to stay in that department before you can, you know, help that debt to income ratio to get a better investment property? I don't know if I would have had to like, in other words, right. and here's another thing I can't, I can't speak on other people because I know that I could write off most more than likely I could write off a, I'll, um, some of a rent payment anyway, because I have a home-based business. You know, I might have an office in that apartment. Yeah. You know, what's the difference if you go lease um, a warehouse space for your gym, you know, and you have an office in there? I would be doing the same thing it's because same I would thing. have a home. Yeah. Exactly. The so thing. there's per- perks to having a home-based business too, that you, like I said, you could go in and I'm not that's a, a tax expert, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But that podcast. that was my experience, and that's what kind of brought this up to to bring this this um, whole topic up today, um, was because now that I've went through some of those things, and now that I've seen that, I don't care starting over at 30 years old, and it's not even starting over; it's just kind of uh, switching gears. Right. Um, and I think we're gonna um, look more towards that 
get into a place, rent it, and then get our cash flow right. It's more predictable. We'll, whatever we pay monthly, it's pretty much what we pay monthly. Don't got to worry about the maintenance. We're going to probably take some equity from this house. But then again, when I got into this house, I put 30 grand out because closing costs, down payment, and not all 30 grand went into the house. You know, half of that probably went into the house, maybe 15 of it. But the other 15 was closing costs and other bull crap that you do at closing. So with that being said, I, I, I'm going to come out ahead, but not as much as what you think. It was more or less just a savings account. It's like I'm getting my money back now. Money so I'm going to get I'm going to get my money back and now I'm going to go rent. I'm going to have more predictable budget now. And not only that, through the, some of the things and uh, trials and tribulations, hardships I went through anyway, I got better with budgeting. I, I track things now, <laughs> you know, things that you should be doing yeah. all along that you don't really do until you get kicked in the ass, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, life kicks in the ass. You figured out how to problem solve real quick. You're like, oh, that's, that's why my mom always said that you need to be writing your, your stuff down. And I'm like, oh, no, I don't need to write it down, you know, until no, life kicks you in the ass. <laughs> Yeah, I write everything down now. I swear to God, yeah. I write everything down because even the But you probably stuff, didn't in the beginning, did you? Oh, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> I was like, that's stupid. I remember it. No, it doesn't matter if you remember it. It's a different, it's a different emotional attachment to it when you write it down. You tend to make things happen better. So, I, I noticed yeah. personally for me to write stuff down, like um, I, I sometimes don't even need to go back and reference it because just by the task of writing it down, it's already like imprinted in my head. I learned that way a lot oh, yeah. better. Then, you know, like if I read a book, um, but if I actually take the time after each chapter to write a summary of what I just read, I'll remember every chapter of that book rather than just by getting the end of the chapter and saying, what the hell did I just read? I just personally learned yeah, that way. I learned better. better that way also. That's how I study for all like my certifications and stuff. Every, every two or three paragraphs, I'll kind of just <laughs> Yeah, I, I do that currently with the, the real estate courses <laughs> that I'm taking. Like, yeah. like it'll, it'll have different modules you go through. And um, you can buy textbooks. I'm basically making my own textbook. Remember in, in like a school when you used to have in the textbooks, like the back page would be the glossary with all the definitions in it. Yeah. I'm basically making my own glossary of real estate terms. So as I go through each module, I actually have a pen and paper in front of me, which I don't need to do. And I write them down. What makes it nice is not only does I, do I remember it easier, but there's also review sections that now I got that tablet. And when there's review sections come up, I'm basically working out of the book I just wrote, if that makes sense. Yeah, so you're writing it, your it, own words too. So Yeah, yeah. And sum it up and so Oh yeah, man. I don't know I don't know how we're doing for time here. What do you got for time? Are you uh you oh, good I yet? All I see all I see I'm good. I'm just hanging out. I ain't got nothing to do. I'm probably gonna go <laughs> lift again later on tonight. I got some cooking to do. I got about another twelve meals to make. Um so I'm gonna cook, work out again. Uh, got some online program I need to finish up on, and um, nothing, man. That's 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 the night. It was an easy day today. Easy day. We love them. <laughs> <laughs> well, day back, you're just days. trying to get back in the groove, right? Yeah, today's uh, today's Tuesday, right? So yeah, see, I don't even know what day it is. I think today's Tuesday. <laughs> so um, I get back in the groove pretty easy because when we we're out there shooting, uh, we had to be on set at like 4:30, so we were still getting up, you know, mad early because we had to be up before the sun came up. Um, and then throughout the hottest part of the day, you're pretty much in, indoors, resting up, eating, and then you go back out and shoot as the sun goes down. Um, mm -hmm. So that, I kind of got used to that schedule. I was used to getting up early anyway, so it didn't really bother me. Um, but yeah, I don't know what I don't know if I should call it a vacation or work, man, because it was like I was getting paid nah, to be there. But I here's was away the thing, from though. Here, but I was working, so it was that's it fun, matter. dude. That, that's some matter. fun. That's some fun work, yeah. though, man. Yeah. Eventually, and, eventually, I want to go ahead. Go ahead. And to make, to more make things even better, I left on. I cook all my meals on um, Sunday, and I drop it off in the gym on Monday. Um, well, that if you go back a week, I left to go to my shoot Sunday night, and I came back uh, Friday night. But what I did was I cooked all of my meals for the week on Saturday, and I dropped it off on Sunday morning right before I left. So I got paid for all of those meals while I was out there on the shoot. And then mm -hmm. I got paid while I was on the shoot. So it was like I was getting paid double and working less. Like it was, it was. How it do you think The Rock man. does it, man? The <laughs> Rock, the, I'll put it this way. The Rock sold you shirts while he's oh, on yeah. a movie set. Yeah, for that, yeah, <laughs> fucking dude, man. <laughs> You're buying his shoes and he's on a movie set. Damn right he is. Don't worry, I'm gonna be there too. 
Well, well that's what I'm good. saying. Like that, that's when work gets fun though, right? Like when you, uh, when you can make money passively and, and then the work you're actually doing day, day in, day out is actually work that you enjoy. And that goes back to EQ a lot too. I think that's very underestimated in today's society. I think so many, uh, so much pressure is put on what your kids getting grade wise and what is, um, what, what SAT scores do they got and all these other things. And I think emotional EQ is going to, is going to get, so much more traction as more information's out there about, you know, look at all the suicides and look at all these things that, um, these um, horrible things that get into people's minds that right. totally take them off track or put them in bad situations, which is you read about or you hear about on the news every single day. And I think a lot of it is just if you can stay within your own mind and know that you have your own goals and, you know, you have a direction like you mentioned earlier, yeah. um, it totally puts a whole perspective change swing on it. Cause I put it this way. I know you did a, a commercial shoot, but you know, say it was a huge movie, you know, the more eyes you have on you, the more critics you're going to get. So yeah. your EQ even becomes more important at that, at that stage. Yeah. Um, because you're going to have everybody hitting up your messages saying, Oh, he sucks. And you know, everything else. So, <laughs> Again, it goes back to having that vision. If you know what you want to want, if you know what you want, it doesn't really matter what anybody says. Doesn't matter if they believe you. Doesn't matter. If they, and it may sound, you know, it may sound, uh, I guess, pessimistic to say, but it doesn't even matter if they support you, because ultimately, as long as you believe it, as long as you, you know, you're supporting yourself, it doesn't matter what anyone thinks, says, or does. Um, mm -hmm. And that's that's just the way way I view it, you know. But yeah, critics are funny, man. <laughs> I, I find running dude running has been my savior man as far as like especially just like not like uh you know bad days yeah that's obvious like go for a run it relieves stress or whatever but even like um not even just bad days but like if you have if you're indecisive on what decision to make that which way or the other depending on where you're going sometimes i just go for that run and just i'm putting on things that are positive and and i'm just in my own zone and then by the time i get out of that run it's like it clicks and then i'm back at my house i'm basically showering up and thinking yeah. about the solution and i'm i'm heading towards it now just you, by taking that little bit do you uh besides i know you say you run and uh how how frequently do you uh lift weights a lot, a lot? i mean not a lot i shouldn't say a lot um like but when i when i go when i go to the gym it's probably like two two times a week at least that i'm doing circuit training and the circuit training he does, I mean, he's a very, very intelligent guy. He, he does um, a lot of um, uh, like strength conditioning while we're doing it. Like he had me on bench. He has chest supported rows. The nice thing about Ricky, man, I'm so privileged because he is the type of trainer that he'll, he'll focus, he'll see your weakness. In other words, like if, if you go to any trainer, they could just say, well, I'm going to have you do uh, incline bench or I'm going to have you do uh, lat pull downs or whatever it is that day just because they want – that's like what the workout is that day, which is fine. Yeah. And and But he's, he, he sees me do, let's say, uh, warm-ups, bear crawl, or even like is something as simple as a crab walk or something like that, and he sees – or even a deadlift. If I do a deadlift a certain way, he sees, okay, he has weakness in his lower back, let's say. So I'm going to have him do some back extensions or I'm going to have him do other things to strengthen that part of his back. So there's times that, you know, maybe I'm struggling with pull-ups and or my, you know, my upper back needs a little strength. It's not just lat pull-downs either. He might have me do some chest-supported rows in order yeah. to, to strengthen my back muscles in order to have me pump out more pull-ups. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So so I can't I can't really say that I'm in a little bit of a better situation because I'm fortunate enough that my brother-in-law is a certified trainer and stuff like that. And he went to school for it and, you know, he has a degree in it. And I, th I think he's going for his master's and he, he was oh, very yeah. fortunate because did you, oh, uh, never mind. I, I don't think he went to school, but obviously you were military. So you had the uh, opportunity to try to, if you wanted to, did, did you have like a GI bill for free education or no? Yeah. Yeah. I went to have the GI bill. I didn't use it, but I had it. Yeah, and, and that's what helped him because he basically got to his bachelor's. Now, I think if he went master's, he'd have to pay for that. <laughs> well, what I did was, again, it's like I went straight for the certification material. Like, 
when I was going to school in Fort Collins, I was sitting there in art class and history class, and I was sitting in these classes that had absolutely nothing to do with being a fitness trainer. And I was like, why am I sitting in these classes? Because I know what I want to do. I know I want to work out. I know I want to train people. I don't want to help people. These art classes and these history classes aren't going to directly help me with training people. So what I started right. doing was studying how to train people. And I started studying that shit on my own and went and got the certifications on my own. Because mm -hmm. I just learned better that way. I don't, I don't see right. no, I don't. paying for those classes if I'm not going to use them. He um, took more um, like... Um anatomy classes too which really helps him too because if you have okay. aches and pains and stuff like that yeah it really helps because there's times that like my ic band will be acting up and he'll have me roll certain sides you know just because he knows that links up basically up through your glutes and stuff like that so yeah it's gonna go yeah, all the way up yeah and and uh you know band band work if i'm like if i'm sore in certain spots he'll have me do band work prior to doing anything and that's why i say i'm very fortunate and i realize that and the things i'm spitting off to you right now i didn't I didn't know them until I was in there, and then I personally went through that. Um, but the circuit training, I want to start doing more. It's just with schedule and stuff. So basically, I'm in there two to three times a week, circuit training. Okay. And what it will be is it will be three three exercises, three rounds. So it will be three exercises, three rounds, and then there will be four rounds of that. So it'll be, three exercises, three rounds, four times. Yeah. Yep. Got it. And yeah. and I and I am soaked, dude. And uh and he, he pushes me hard. And, and here, I, I'll give you another uh, little saying I kind of told him. Uh, being just an athlete and everything growing up and kind of my mindset and being old, not older, but just kind of for longevity. Um, I I know that the cliche thing is like, you know, it's not the big the, the biggest dog in a fight, but the size of the fight in a dog. I told him, I'm saying, I do it for mental, dude. If you watch David Goggins, that's the road I'm on right now. Like, I want people to be like why the hell is he doing that shit that's what i want to be doing then <laughs> that's what i'm fight that's what i'm working towards right now so the shit that i do in the gym reflects that like i'm i've signed up for another spartan race coming up and it's not all spartan race it's just anything that's challenging i like doing anything that like when it's like a gnat it's like they just yeah. won't go away they keep coming they keep coming that's that's mental to me and that's what interests me more I'm not saying that I don't have like if I wanted to go do a physique competition, of course I would do heavier weights, I would do less cardio, yeah, yeah, I would yeah. work on you know work on Balkan. But I'm more like no, like he just hiked up three goddamn mountains in a row. Like what the hell's wrong with this kid? Like that's the kind of mentality I'm on right now. <laughs> nah, that's good, man. That, that's hiking up three damn mountains is harder than muscle for sure. I'm not doing yeah. this. I'm not doing it. If I wanted to do it, I would have to. I, I love the hard. I love it. it. I love it yeah. being hard, though, man. I can't. I can't do it without. If if it's got me feeling like I'm gonna like throw up, then I know that I'm in the right. Muhammad Ali, man. He said he don't start counting reps till he start. It starts to, to hurt. It starts to hurt. Yeah, but <laughs> I'm not Muhammad Ali. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not. Not today. I'm not. Yeah, man. Oh, I don't even know why I asked you. Oh, I asked you that because we were talking about writing stuff down earlier, and um. I've recently, this is my first week doing it. I've recently, since, I don't know, when I lift weights, I uh, like, mentally, I get in a place where I'm much more focused. I'm much more um, conscious of what, what I'm thinking about. I'm much more conscious of my self-talk while I'm working out. So what I've been doing is, obviously, if you're doing like classic bodybuilding, you know, style workouts, you know, you're doing your reps and then you're resting, you know, 60 to 90 seconds in between. What I've been doing in between each set it's going to sound nuts, but just work with me here. What I've been doing in between each set while I'm working out is writing down my goals and reading it out loud in between every single set for the entire workout. And mm -hmm. again, this is only my fourth, fourth day doing it, fourth time doing it. Um, so I'm going to do it for 30 days just to see how, just to see how I feel mentally and about thinking about goals and, and, and things of that nature, because, you know, saying your goals out loud and, and writing them down, they all, it, it all means something, right? So right. if you're in a much more uh, conscious level of thinking while you're working out, I, feel, I think something will happen from it, you know? So I, I actually, shot, man. It, it's funny that you say that in between working out. Um, I, I did, David Goggins preaches that. And um, I, I do that in the, I try to do that as much as I can in the morning. I haven't really, I, I got to be honest, I haven't been that consistent with it. But it's one of those things I'm working on, and consistency comes with work. Um, where in the mornings, I not only just goals or whatnot, but 
when I wake up, just writing down what my thoughts are right there before I even get the phone involved or nothing and write down like what's going through my head, you know, where I'm at. And, um, and that all goes with EQ that I was talking about too, but I do it in the mornings, but with, with what you were saying is you're hitting the nail on the head. Like, like when I run or do something really, really, and I'm at the very, the, the whole key is to calm your mind down in those frantic situations. Uh, I, uh, I've been watching a lot of, um, like, um, Navy SEAL training, stuff like that, where these guys in the worst of the worst, or even in combat in the worst of the worst, they are trained to calm their mind down in complete chaos. And if you're able to do that, think about when the real world brings you complete chaos. If you're able to do that, then you're unstoppable because, you know, Marcus Luttrell was the lone survivor. Everybody knows about the movie, but if you actually read the book or, a lot of the interviews and he uh, goes into more detail. It's incredible. He had his back broken and was paralyzed from the chest down and he crawled. It was like seven to 12 miles to that village when he was saved. And he said that uh, the way he did that was he took a rock and he drew a rock, a line with a rock in front of him. And he said, I'm going to crawl until my feet hit that line. And he did that for like seven to 12 miles or whatever that distance was. It was ridiculous. That's in order and and that's the kinds of things that I think about when my little punk ass can't get up a hill or can't get that last rep. I'm thinking and a lot of people will criticize that and say, well, yeah, but that's the adrenaline of the battle and the heat of the moment. I'm like, no, no, no. no but my back's not my back's not broken, dude. My back's <laughs> yeah, not broken. I'm not being not shot paralyzed. at. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm not paralyzed. So that's what that's what my motivation and that's where I go into that really dark place and just think the more that it hurts because as you get through that and then you get home and you think about what you just pushed through you're like damn what am i capable of what can yeah, i man. how far can i go and um and that's what goggins p- preaches man that we he thinks that we only use about 40 percent of our potential when you think you're at 100 percent and you're done he tells he's like i'm living proof that i went another 40 miles or whatever it was in some race that he was doing or even in, you know, when he was a Navy SEAL, he's like thinking about budge training and what they had to do on them beaches and stuff. He's like, when you think you're just about hit hypothermia and you see stars and then something clicks in, it's like, no, you don't got any other choice but to get through this. And then you get through it and then you think back and you're like, holy shit, like, what am I capable of, you know? <laughs> yeah, man, you just gotta, gotta go to that point and overturn, man. And then yeah. return. That's and that, and that's where that's where I'm at sorry. mentally. Like when I work out, like I brought up the Spartan race. Uh, my goal, uh, and and this is a goal like five years out. I'm not gonna say I'm gonna do this in a year or nothing. I've learned better than to make goals that sudden. Um, is to, I want to do a triathlon. I wanna I wanna become do hybrid it. out. Yeah, I wanna become do a. Hi- I, I wanna be a hybrid man. I wanna be able to swim. I wanna be able to bike. I wanna be able to run. I wanna be able to be strong. Um, you know, cause. Because a lot of people don't give credit to the guys that are, you know, doing that type of stuff because they see them as skinny, just long distance runners and stuff. It's like, no, they got they got mental strength beyond what a lot of people do. And so my goal would be that that and then obviously running a marathon is the try is uh, the Ironman, I should say, is a marathon, too. So my first one is. I'm start. I, I ran five miles before, like five mile races before mm-hmm. uh, my goal would be to start with like a half go into full marathons, run a couple full marathons. I would love to run the Boston. I would love to run the Boston Marathon. Just to say I did it. You gotta run the New York Marathon, man. Yeah, that's what I mean, any of them. It'd be awesome. And then then that would transition into, okay, now I need to get into the pool. I need to train. That's why I'm saying this is like a five-year transition. But it sounds crazy, but it's it's all gotta start somewhere, so. Yeah, man, knock out out a marathon, man. Just do it. (laughs) Just, yeah. get it, just sign just sign up for, like the way i function better is if i just sign up for something then i'll do yeah. it because now i have a deadline and i'm kind of forced myself so just sign up for this shit you know what's funny is that what's the longest you ever ran shit a 10 mile in, in, <laughs> 10 like in, in a race like in yeah, a, like a timed a race yeah you did we ran in uh philadelphia all down broad street it was uh 10 it was 10 miles that's crazy and that was fine and that was fine though because there was a deadline saying you have to be able to run it by this time. I was like, all right, cool, got to do it. And then same the gun thing goes when I did off. when I did a um, did a tough mutter last year. We didn't really prep for it or anything. I just knew, hey, we have a we have a date. 
by, by whatever this data is, I have to be able to do X, Y, Z. And I'm like, all right, mentally, I got to be able to do X, Y, Z. And then I can just do it. Now, I'm not saying I can just get up and do a damn triathlete or yeah, anything yeah, like yeah. that. I, I, would, I would kill myself. But um, just sign up for that shit, man. <laughs> just, yeah. Just do it. Just sign up for it. And, and, then, and then the gun goes off. And it's always that, that same thing you go back to. You're like thinking to yourself, like, why the hell did I do this? Well, you've ran races before, so you yeah. know how it is when you're running and there's a whole group of people running with you. Yeah. They kind of, they kind of yeah. motivate you and their energy and their, you know, their vibrations of how good they're feeling. That, that rubs off on you. And next thing you know, you're 10 miles in and you're just now getting tired. You know what I mean? And then you see, right? and then you see people bitch. passing you with baby strollers and stuff. And you're thinking, how the hell? I'm not a bitch. Yeah, I'm not a little <laughs> bitch. So you can't stop. Yeah. yeah, you can't stop at this point. Yeah. Yeah, man, just sign up for it. I would do it. Shit, I might do it. What's the marathon? 26-2? Yeah, yeah, miles? yeah. Yeah. Do you do, you yeah, do cardio? That. I want to ask you that. You do a lot of heavy um, strength training? I do, do interval do training. So with my cardio is mostly intervals. So we'll do 60 seconds of high-speed jump rope followed by 60 seconds of sprints. And I'll go back and forth like that with no rest in between. And I'll do that for about 15 to 20 minutes. Um, and I'll do that three sometimes, if I'm feeling good, four times a week. Um, and I'll generally do that after uh, my, my lifting. Um, this yeah, morning I, I did stair, stair, stair climber for the probably third time in my life. Um, it's good. To me, it's just boring. So I had to like, I had to put like TV, uh, a show on, on the phone and just watch it. But it's, it's just really, really boring for me. Um, mm -hmm. I'd much rather do the jump rope and, and switch back and forth. Yeah, I don't yeah. Do and, 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 and uh, Ricky incorporates that stuff too. Like, like he'll have yeah. us jump rope for primarily like the first round when I say we do like three exercises three times and then we'll do four rounds of that. Like the first round is more like a warm up. So it might be jump rope for the first, you know, exercise. And then you might go into a bear crawl up and down the turf or then you might push a plate or like a sled for a little bit yeah. and that's your that's your first three you do that three times that kind of warms you up and then you might go into where he does have you doing you know squats deadlifts or something or other variations i mean there's plenty of variations we get into too um but yeah I, dude i want to train with you man so bad because here's the thing i would never criticize you because the heavy lifting stuff sometimes i'm doing some of the more cardio slash circuit stuff and i'm like man i want to get more involved with heavier stuff it's just it's just um for what my goals are like i said for the i don't want to be real real bulky when you're trying to run huge marathons no, no, and stuff no, no, like no. that you know um, how much how much do you weigh i weigh like right on 200 dude last time i stepped on the scale i was like 199 oh you're you're heavier than me <laughs> you're heavier than me i'm only i'm like 190 on a good day i'm 190 yeah yeah hey, yeah so i got more I mean, fat on you than you though yeah, we can get rid of that. That's nothing. We can get, we can get rid of it. And that's another I'm thing. I'm working though, on it. Is, is, I'll is put it this way. My, my body from 21 to 30 was nothing but stupid bar <laughs> wings and beer and stuff like that. Anyway, I didn't have the mindset, dude. I, I, had, uh, I had a lot of – I packed – I'll put it this way. Eight, eight to nine years of packing up stupid weight um, once I got out of high school, once I got out of college, all that um, – I know when I started working out two to three years ago, it wasn't going to come off in a short time either. That's a, you have to be patient. So, Man. so what I'm, my goals now are, are, that's why I said they're, they're five, 10 years out because it doesn't take, you know, you can't expect to lose, you know, some guys can lose like a lot of weight. Like you see the biggest loser, they, they could drop a hundred pounds or whatever, but mm -hmm. to get truly defined and truly, and, and actually make it a lifestyle to where you're actually seeing every little crease and crevice, um, you really need to work at it and it needs to be one to two to three to four year transformation, not no, you know, you can't, you, you might lose the sudden weight, but not over time, you know, yeah. I mean, not in a year, you can't put on five years of greasy food and then expect to lose it in a year. Well, that's the first thing we asked, like, um, when I was training at, uh, at Lifetime, um, they would always, they would always tell us. Like when you have like a new consult, someone comes in and says, hey, I'm going to lose, you know, 60 pounds. I mean, the first thing that we were, we were taught to ask them is when was the last, or, or they say, let's say they weigh 260 pounds and they want to weigh 200. All right. First thing you ask them is when was the last time you weighed 200? And most of the time they'll say, you know, 
10 years ago. And they're like, well, how soon do you want to lose this 60 pounds? Oh, I want to lose it in three months. So, so <laughs> you want to lose what you what took 10 years for you to gain? Like it's not, yeah, it's not, it's exactly. not going to happen. You didn't gain that in, in, six, in 30 days. So you're not going to I never even, I never liked running in my life. When I tell you running about running sucks, and doing man. this, when I tell you about doing a marathon, if I would have, if I would have told myself like that five years ago, I would thought I was nuts because I hate I it hurts it hurts like anybody else. It's just I'm getting through that point where it's like my mental toughness is growing by doing it, so I'm getting addicted to it. Where it's like, damn, I like today. Today I set out to run, dude, and I ran a, I ran the first two miles. I ran five miles total, but the hills here are crazy. Like I was running up some serious inclines, but the first two miles I was like, man, I'm not feeling the best. I don't know. Maybe I'll just, you know, just get started and then maybe I'll walk the second half because I know at the end of this run is a freaking hill. Today, I got past the hill, which I've done before, but my effort, I'm going to run this other loop as well. And I added another mile to it today. But you get to a certain point where once you're in it and you're there, you're like, I'm not giving up. You find you can push, you know, to other spots. You, you know, you can push to. to uh, you listen to music or audiobooks when you run? I listen to, uh, dude, you, you hooked me up because as soon as you hooked me up with that, um, the MP3 thing for YouTube, now I just go, oh, I have hell a, yeah. we well, he, you know what I do? Audio. Yeah. I, uh, nothing is better to run with than my little ass shuffle that I have. Just, it's a little yeah, ass shuffle a, like this. Little great one. And yeah. it just clips right to your belt line or your pocket or yeah. whatever. Cause I hate too much stuff on me when I run. And, um, and as soon as I figured out that I could put those motivational, like, uh, clip it yep. in that thing it's just full of that i don't have any yeah. music on there it's just full Good. of that's what i was have, gonna ask you yeah yeah it'll have arnold come on there it'll have will smith come on there it'll have uh michael thomas come on there Les anybody Brown that, is another good one to listen to yeah, while you're running yeah they're all Les they're Brown. all on there yeah man that's that's a good one and, and i didn't that's realize what I, it um you know if you go to apple music do you have an iphone uh no i, I have lg but i mean i could still oh, you're lame oh do you have apple music <laughs> Like I can still music? get I can still get uh, music. Why? What are you saying? Okay. So go to go to like Apple Music, and if you type in like uh, motivational speeches and things of that nature, there's like tracks of motivational like the same stuff that you that you uh, stream off of YouTube. They have it on Apple Music, and they put it behind beats. Well, I get I can get that on my laptop. Like yeah, obviously, I have thing. an i it's an iPod Shuffle, so I still could I have iTunes on my laptop, so. I could get it that way. My point being is like you're probably talking about using your phone. I can't stand having my phone. Oh no, no, in. I don't use my phone. What if yeah, I'm like, running or it's something? It's just too too bulky. And even I tried the arm strap. I tried uh, the no, thing around you your waist. You don't, uh, don't be a, that guy. No, well, you were that guy can't. with the phone around the waist. Don't be that guy. <laughs> I can't stand. I can't stand having a uh, phone on. Me. And like some people can do it, and they can run full races with their phone on them. I, I just can't do it. I gotta. Like like my uh, brother-in-law, he puts his in like a Ziploc bag and then he'll put it in like a thing that he always has used for running. And he's fine with that. I'm like, dude, I can't even carry a phone. I, nah, that's why that little much, shuffle's like perfect. It's too much attachment stuff on me. I don't like that. But yeah, so that's pretty much what I, what's in my ears when I'm running or working yeah, out. Yeah. Well, in the gym, it's just basically whatever's on in there. But no, yeah, man, it'd be good. So run anyways, that marathon. Uh, run the marathon, man. <laughs> No, you gotta do it with me. That's the that's the key. You gotta do I'll it run, with me. I'll run the New York Marathon. I'll do that one. Twenty six. I got twenty six two with me. Would do you? Uh, let's say let's say we signed up for that shit right now. Would you prepare for it, or would you? Are you talking about just do you trust in what you do right now to be able to run it? If we signed up for it, and let's say it's in thirty days, I'm not prepping for thirty days. I'm just like screw it. I'm just gonna go for it. If we're if we sign up and we have ninety days, then yeah, I'll probably spend two months of it actually running before yeah. I even give it a tip. Now, two months is nowhere for me personally, nowhere close to, to the <laughs> physical conditioning to run a marathon. No. But mentally, I know I can finish it if if I say I'm going to finish it, I'll finish it. You'll now, be I'm not saying how long it'll take. But I'm going to finish that. I won't be last. I guarantee yeah. that. I won't yeah. be last. But especially if we're running like downtown and shit, and there's actually stuff to look at, and you're not just running on a treadmill. I guess more or less what it is running on a treadmill for me is just boring as hell. If we're running down down Manhattan, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Matter of fact, let's just sign up for it, man. <laughs> hey, I got I got to run this Spartan race in October first, so I got to sign up for that. Shit's like eighty bucks. 
So I there's gotta... a uh, there's a Spartan race I was supposed to do on. Uh, well, a couple of my clients they asked me to do it on on the third, August third, so next week. But uh, my good friend Duffy, he's getting he's getting married on the second, so I'm not gonna be, I'm not gonna recover by then to get up and go run a Spartan the very next morning. Oh, um, um, this one's in uh, Ocean City, Maryland. It's the first time I think they're doing one down there. It's like on the boardwalk and the beach oh, and stuff. Shit. Yeah. You get to run the boardwalk. And the in the beach, it's like three miles. I don't know what the the whole course is gonna be, but it has to do beach boardwalk mix maybe. Um, and then obviously you got your obstacles, so I'm not sure exactly what uh, um they're gonna do to to like, but it's like three miles or something on the boardwalk. Is it ten miles beach. total? No, no, no. It's only three miles. But you got your obstacles. I did oh. the one I did in Palmerton, which is like on a ski resort. That one was exactly what you said where I signed up for that thing and the the horn blew or whatever and I'm in a crowd of people running up running up a ski resort yeah. thinking what the hell did I get myself into <laughs> cuz we were just we running up last year uh, <laughs> last year in Aspen that's where it was on a ski resort in Aspen and it was 10 miles straight up right back down straight up right back down yeah uh, with the obviously the obstacles in between but over there I don't know if it's universal but over here they give you uh, an option of doing just half of it so you can opt out yeah. at five miles and they give you a little punk ass shirt this one was the this one was the smallest one you could do like the okay i forget what they they have like different but it, here's the thing they said it was gonna be three miles and then i passed three miles and then i passed four miles and it ended up being like a five mile spartan actually oh, yeah. and <laughs> which is always like well whatever tack on two more whatever but i i uh i I didn't really prepare or I wasn't even in as good shape as I am now for that one. So I feel like this one, knowing it's three miles, knowing it could be five miles, having a little experience being down there. I think it's there. all mental, man. I think it's all yeah. mental. I think if you mentally say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this no matter what, you'll be fine, man. You got to prep for this. Yeah. Let's just do the marathon, man. Sign it up. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> just that quickly. Do the New York marathon. I mean, if you're going to do it at all, you might as well do the big one. I mean. Do you have to qualify for that? Like the Boston? You have to qualify for this shit? The Boston, you have to run like a 315 or something like that. 310, I think it is. Listen, man. Three hours, 10 minutes. Listen, man, this is what we're going to do. <laughs> we're going yeah, go to The reason I know this we're is because We're just going to hop in and start running. Dude, my brother-in-law, Ricky, man, he runs a lot. Like, I'm saying a lot. And he works out he, hard. And he's done like a – it's not an Ironman, but it was like a, a triathlon. And – um and he he learned, he trained swimming and everything, and he told he told me he about those guys get into it because obviously when you ride bikes too they got all the road bikes he did like a hybrid bike it wasn't quite a mountain bike but it was like this bike that I used to have. it had thinner tires like the road bikes but the guys yeah. were pretty much like laughing at him like I can't believe you're gonna use that and they gave him credit for it which is awesome but if he was gonna get really really competitive you gotta go out and get like, like a nice bike if you're gonna get that far into it but. With all that being said, he was running marathons trying to, and I know he was running miles or a mile pace of like six to seven minute miles. And he ran mar a marathon in like four hours, dude. And you got to run like a 310 to qualify for Boston. So it's not any like walking a park. You got to be moving. What is stopping someone from just walking up to the freaking start line and just running that shit? Like what you have mean? crowds, you have crowds and oh, stuff. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Just hop in and run that shit. <laughs> you gotta stop. Just hop in and run it, man. But it would be nice to say you qualify, because at least at that point too, you've ran so many, you kind of basically train yourself for it. Well, then that's a whole different goal. Then saying you ran the Boston Marathon and saying you qualify for the Boston Marathon, those are two different goals. But you I said can run the Boston Marathon. <laughs> but you said you wouldn't be last. You probably will be last if I everybody's last. qualifying three ten. Nah, I'm not going to be last. I promise you I won't be last. Somebody's going to quit. <laughs> Somebody's going to get cramped. Somebody's going to – something – no, I won't be last. I promise you that. Somebody's going to trip and fall, get injured, and I'm not going to be last. Nah, definitely But uh, anyways, man, yeah, I know this kind of got on tangent of uh, – that's what this is all about, nah, though. kind of got a podcast Yeah. So um, – but, yeah, it started with and led into training a little bit, so – um, anything else you want to mention before we get off here and, uh, you know, hopefully do this again next week. We had a little bit of a break there. I'm trying to get more consistent. I know our schedules kind of butt heads a little bit with, uh, you being on vacation last week, a little bit, and then I was on vacation a couple weeks ago. So try to be a little bit more consistent with, uh, Tuesdays or Thursdays, especially with going live. I think it'll be a lot more beneficial. Um, 
Tuesdays, yeah, Tuesdays and Thursdays at our at our normal time, six ish, seven ish. Best qualifier for Boston is Harrisburg. Harrisburg Marathon. There we go. Well, Damn. you're in Colorado, so that's a you're gonna Colorado. have to run here. Just run here, and then <laughs> run. Just run, just run, <laughs> run across the U.S. Take a take a nap, and then get up and qualify yeah. for the Boston. <laughs> and then you'd be yeah. like, uh, you'd be like uh, Forrest, man. He just I just keep running. <laughs> He's just coming cross country. Man, that would that would be insane. There's a rapper doing that right now. I forget his name, but he's running he's running from like Ohio to LA or some some crazy shit. And then it's just a rollout for his album. Once he actually gets to LA, he's gonna drop the album. But you you can like no, he was running from New York. <laughs> he was running from New York to LA and he just got to Ohio like two, three days ago. He's been running for a month. <laughs> so <laughs> He's going to be out of breath trying to rap. Well, the thing is, the thing is, that's stupid because his, by the time he reaches L.A., his music is going to be dated. So his music comes and goes so fast. His music yeah. is going to be dated, but no one wants to hear that shit. <laughs> his wait, lyrics are going to be old. Yeah. yeah. We waited four months for this bullshit. Like, nah. <laughs> you're like, dude, you're talking about 2019, man. It's 2020. <laughs> yeah. Like, what is he doing? Like, music, it's like a microwave era. You know, an album will come and go within two, three days. He's talking about, yeah, give me four months to run across the U.S. and I'll give you this album that I made probably six months ago. Oh, probably, he'll just sense. probably rap about the shit he saw. Yeah, but he's he does like live streams like every like every couple of days or something. He'll like go on live and, and point the camera and say, "Hey guys, I'm in Ohio now." He's like on the side of the highway with all his jewelry on, and that's it's like it's insane. Like he can do anything <laughs> for attention, man. That would be me. Yep. Yeah, running running to Pennsylvania to run a goddamn marathon. What? And then what you run the marathon and then just run back, you know, simple as that. No, what's messed up is I'll run all the way across the U.S. and then won't even, won't even finish the damn marathon. <laughs> won't, won't even finish what I went there for. But, um, anyways, all right, man. Uh, appreciate you getting on. Uh, we'll continue to do this live. I think I like it this way a little bit better. So, um, yeah, this third grade hustle, we're going to sign off.